0: It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, December 2nd. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. Can your brain be older than your age? A new study out of Stanford University measures the effects of pandemic stress on teenagers' brains. More ahead on the California report. We've got your look at local news and weather, before intern news producer Julia Jem gives us the lowdown on KVMR's upcoming holiday hoedown. Then, KVMR's Felton Pruitt speaks with Ashley Quadros, the development director for Hospitality House. Preparations are well underway for the first in-person night of giving since 2019.
1: This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. An increasing number of Californians are being hospitalized because of COVID. Dr. Bob Wachter chairs the Department of Medicine at UCSF.
2: The hospitalization rates are up about 30 to 50 percent in the last several weeks. And it comes when flu is also hitting. And hospitals tend to run very full in the winter anyway, it, even you know in a, in a Regular flu season. So the fact that flu is back and probably the worst flu year we've seen in 10 years, and now we're starting to see COVID hospitalizations up, and then in hospitals that also see little kids, you're seeing RSV hospitalizations. So this triple demic idea is becoming uh, very real. You know, we've had six relatively benign COVID months, and uh, we've all been waiting for something of a surge during the winter, not clear how big it was going to be, and it looks like it's starting to hit now.
1: L.A. County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer says the holidays are partly to blame. I'm going to be honest, we had more people report to us positive COVID tests after they came back from Thanksgiving than we've ever had before. So there just is
3: a lot of transmission.
1: She says another public mask mandate is on the table if hospitals are once again flooded with COVID patients. The previous countywide indoor public mask mandate ended last March after the winter surge subsided. Teenagers' brains aged faster than normal because of pandemic stress, according to a new study from Stanford University. The study involved dozens of teens, and it measured brain age, a measurement used to quantify brain health. Researchers found subjects' brains had aged at least three years after just 10 months of lockdown. Ian Gottlieb is a professor of psychology at Stanford.
2: We didn't know that a one-year period of Not torture, but this kind of relative isolation and the stress of the pandemic would have these kinds of effects on the brain.
1: He said researchers will follow the kids in the study when they reach 20 years old to see if the effects persist. A new report out this week says a data breach at the California Department of Justice last summer was the result of poor training and a lack of professional rigor at the agency. As we hear from CalMatters Ben Christopher, the leak included the personal information of hundreds of thousands of concealed carry firearm license applicants.
2: Essentially, what happened is a single data analyst put together a data visualization, but didn't toggle the security settings properly, which allowed the public to download the personal identifying information of nearly 200,000 people across California. And even after the DOJ was notified about the breach, almost immediately after it was published, it took nearly 24 hours for them to recognize what happened and then take it down. Uh, During that period, approximately 500 people downloaded the data. And that's a big concern because a lot of those people have concealed carry permits because they are survivors of domestic violence. They're people with stalkers, they're judges and prosecutors, people with a real concern for their safety.
1: That's CalMatters' Ben Christopher. The report made multiple recommendations to improve training and oversight when it comes to the handling of sensitive information. Attorney General Rob Bonta has said the DOJ will implement all of them. And a clarification. We reported earlier this week on a new law, the most expansive in the nation, that will let most people with arrest or criminal conviction records in California have those records sealed. Previously, we said the law only applies to people who committed nonviolent and non-sexual offenses, but the law only exempts sex offenders from being able to petition a court for relief. Those convicted of serious and violent felonies will be able to ask a judge to seal their record if they complete their entire sentence and stay out of trouble for four years.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, where their greatest reward is a healthy patient. Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org.
1: And that's the California Report for Friday, December 2nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Jim Bennett, Chris Beale, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Amanda Stupai and Izzy Bloom. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our executive editor is Ethan toven Lindsay, And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. Remember, you can get all your statewide news on the California Report podcast. Subscribe and download the show wherever you get your podcasts and listen to our show anytime you'd like. You can also ask your smart speaker to play the California Report. I'm Bolanos. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.
0: Let's take a look at today's local news. The Nevada County Sheriff's Office has alerted the county's Superintendent of Schools Office of a recurring kidnapping scam reported on several occasions. Parents first reported the false kidnappings to the police on November 28th and 29th. The hoax begins with a call to parents from an unknown number. The caller claims to have their children, asking how much each child is worth and directing parents to pay. The caller provides no detailed information regarding the children's names, ages, school attended, or amount of money requested. NCSO is collaborating with the FBI on these cases, which have been reported across several states. Notify the Nevada County Sheriff's Office if you receive a call of this nature. This reported by Ubinet. Turning our attention to your forecast from the National Weather Service. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, possible showers with areas of frost between 9 p.m. and midnight, increasing clouds with a steady temperature around 38. Saturday, showers with thunderstorms possible after 4 p.m. and a high near 47. Sunday, showers with possible thunderstorms in the evening, a high near 44 degrees and a low around 37 degrees. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, a 30% chance of snow after 4 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 16 degrees. Saturday, rain and snow likely, mostly cloudy with a high near 39 degrees and a low around 26. Possible new snow accumulations of 1 to 3 inches. Sunday, a 90% chance of precipitation with a high near 35. New snow accumulation of 4 to 6 inches is possible. Sunday night will be mostly cloudy with a low around 20 degrees. The National Weather Service has issued a winter storm watch for the Truckee, Tahoe area, which remains in effect through late Sunday night. Heavy snow is possible, with one to three feet of snow above 7,000 feet. Gusts up to 40 miles per hour on Lake Tahoe will cause waves up to four feet. The National Weather Service warns travel could be very difficult to impossible. This being the case, they recommend avoiding travel if at all possible. The Sierra Avalanche Center in Truckee has issued a backcountry avalanche watch, particularly for central Sierra Nevada mountains between Yuba Pass at Highway 49 and Ebbets Pass at Highway 4. The avalanche watch is in effect from 7 a.m. Sunday to 7 a.m. Monday. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight increasing clouds with a low around 37. Saturday, showers patchy fog before 9 a.m. with a high near 48. Sunday showers with a high near 57 and a low around 44. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. KVMR's Julia Jem sits down with Allie Lightfoot, the station's general manager, to find out just what a holiday hoedown is. The event, slated for December 13th, is the first of its kind hosted by KVMR.
4: I'm currently here with Ali Lightfoot, general manager of KVMR, to discuss the ins and outs of our upcoming holiday hoedown event. To kick it off, I wanted to start by asking what exactly a holiday hoedown is.
3: Well, we're about to find out. This is our very first... Holiday Hoedown. So it's all those folks out there that buy tickets that are going to help us kind of create this event. But we do have some performers lined up. We have um, a great lineup of about 12 um, different bands and and performers. It's going to be all acoustic. A lot of the songs you're going to hear and the artists that will be featured were on our Just for Yule CD compilation that we put out last year. For the holidays, which is also going to be available, of course, at the show and uh, really great, um, you know, just local talent that we can celebrate.
4: And are all the performers going to be musical artists?
3: No, we have some storytellers as well. Of course, we have the famous Molly Fisk, who's a regular, um, does a regular commentary on KVMR and uh, Doc Dockler are both going to be telling um, stories with a holiday theme as well.
4: And so, I mean, what constitutes a, a hoedown? Is there going to be dancing? Is it like a,
3: a a Western atmosphere? You know, there are some bands uh, that may do a country country version of something up there. Um, part of it, it was just sort of the acoustic feeling and the um, you know um, just kind of down home feel we were hoping for. It's not, you know, a fancy wine and cheese event. It's more of a, like, let's just gather around and, and have a good time kind of feeling. So I guess that's that's where the hoedown comes in. So there's no dress code? There's no dress code, but if you want to dress up, that'd be cool. We could make that a part of the thing. I mean, that's how um, so many of the events that happen in, in this area are, you know, the community is really what decides... How, how this goes. There will be, you know, drinks and, and treats and um, uh, lots of time to sort of engage with um, KVMR staff and volunteers, as well as our board of directors and the artists that are performing. So it's kind of a big KVMR family event.
4: So, would you say that the primary purpose of the hoedown is to benefit KVMR and its
3: contributors and artists? Well, it's actually for our building fund, which we're still, you know, paying off. Uh, this we had the, a, a great collaboration with the Nevada Theater to um, construct a backstage for the Nevada Theater, which they didn't have previously, and then construct our entire station here. The facilities where, you know, we're, have completely come alive uh, since this happened. I think it really is the dream uh, that the, all the people who are raising the money to make it happen back then, it, the, it's come to fruition. So it's really good to remind ourselves of that and celebrate it and celebrate the people who made it happen, came up with the, the funds to make it happen, and came up with a really creative collaboration in a way that both of these organizations have benefited.
4: And for anybody looking to attend, what are the details in terms
3: of time and place? So it is on Tuesday, December 13th, and it's going to begin at 7 o'clock, but you can come at 630 Doors open at 630, and you probably do want to show up a little early and get yourself a good seat. Um, and you can buy tickets off of our website. You can go to kvmr.org, and there'll be a link there to purchase tickets. Um, if you buy tickets online, it's $20. The day of the show, it's 25 You can buy them at the door. And um, yeah, you'll want to get there on time so you can see... All the opening acts, well, not really opening acts, just all the acts. Um, I know people are, are planning some great um, performances and creative ideas coming, coming to the surface.
4: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your insight. Oh, and um, is there any place someone could go to receive written information regarding the event?
3: Yes, you can go to kvmr.org. And on the front page, there is a whole bunch of information about the event. And that's probably the best place to go. You can always give us a call, too, and um, during business hours, and we can answer any questions that you have. 265-9555 is the number to call, and we'll we'll be happy to help you out.
4: And finally, could you provide me with a quick rundown of some of the performers we'll be seeing at the Hoedown?
3: Yes, absolutely. So we're going to hear from the Free Range String Band, Kimberly Bass, Annie McCann, Ludie Henricks. Peter Wilson, Sands Hall, Brett Shady, Artemis Arthur, and Pharaoh and the Peach Leaves are all going to perform along with our storytellers, Molly Fisk and Doc Dockler.
4: Well, thank you so much for your time, Allie. And if you're interested in attending the Holiday Hoedown, you can visit kvmr.org for all of the information you've heard here today. For KVMR, I'm Julia Jem.
0: A long-standing Nevada County tradition is back in person, after several years of virtual celebration. KVMR's Felton Pruitt fills us in on Hospitality House's upcoming Night of Giving.
2: We're talking with Ashley Quadros. She's the Development Director for Hospitality House. And once again, it's time for the Night of Giving, the yearly benefit for Hospitality House. Hi, Ashley.
5: Hi, Felton. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm doing great. We're certainly looking forward. I mean, Night of Giving is one of my favorite nights all year long here in our area. And uh, this time, it's a little different in that we haven't really had one for a few years because of COVID, and you did some virtual ones. But uh, this, we get together again with our friends in the community.
5: That's right. This will be our first in-person Night of Giving since 2019. So we are more than ready to be back in person, bringing friends and family together under one roof to really celebrate not only community togetherness, but also just hope for our homeless community. Because Night of Giving, as you know, for 17 long years, has been about um, our homeless community, helping local men, women, and children have that opportunity at shelter, food, and, you know, help to return to permanent housing. And we're so excited that this year also something new, we're going to be at the Center for the Arts for the first time, And we're so fortunate that the center actually stepped up to donate this venue to us, understanding that any dollar we can save for this benefit directly helps our neighbors in need. It's
2: all happening Thursday, December 15th, 5 to 10 p.m., with the doors opening at 4. And this year, for the first year since we started uh, Night of Giving, Mikhail Graham is not going to be joining us.
5: Right. So for those unaware, Mikhail Graham faithfully hosted Night of Giving for 15 straight years. And unfortunately, was diagnosed with a pretty serious illness over the summer um, and lost his battle very quickly. So it's been a really shock to our community when this happened. And he's such a big part of our lives. To have him not be here for Night of Giving is um, very sad. But we are fortunate that Maggie McCaig, who actually helped McHale 17 years ago, start Night of Giving at Cooper's Bar, Nevada City, has come forward as our new creative director. So it feels really fitting that she and him founded this idea together and she can carry it on in his memory uh, because the cause has always been near and dear to her. As you know, she's been one of our performers every year. So not only is she performing, but she's also going to be there, you know, handling all the acts. She's been the one who came up with our band lineup this year. And really has been putting in countless hours to make this a magical evening.
2: Well, I think since Maggie's part of Boku Chapeau, they'll probably be performing. Can you tell us about some of the music we'll get to see?
5: Yeah, well you'll get to see Maggie as our first entry um, you know, startup band, but we also have some some newer faces, Alexander Frazier and Cameron Frazier. They were part of our um, event virtually one time, but you're going to get to see their fiddling up front in person this year. So that's very exciting. And we also have some returning favorites that a lot of people uh, recognize, like Rita Hosking, who will be hitting the stage, Sugar Mountain, and also some new faces such as Two Runner. And so just a really a wide variety of musicians and talent to share. So for anyone who's interested and wants to see the full lineup, I encourage you to go to our website at hhshelter.org. And while you're on our website, checking out the band layout, um, you can also get your tickets early to do that. Um, They'll also be available at the door the night of as well.
2: We're talking with Ashley Quadros. She's the Development Director for Hospitality House with the Night of Giving coming back on Thursday, December 15th. It'll be at the Center for the Arts. Ashley, can you talk a little bit about where all the proceeds from this go to and how they help the homeless here in our community?
5: Yeah, absolutely. So. One of the main things we're known for is our emergency shelter, Utah's place. A lot of people don't know this, but there's not a whole lot of state and federal funding when it comes to actually operating homeless shelters. You see a lot more toward new housing developments, which we're wholeheartedly um, a part of. We recently, when our partners helped open Brunswick Commons a couple months ago, and last year we also opened senior housing. But where we really, really, truly need to help is our day-to-day core operations, which is our emergency shelter. So 100% of the proceeds from Night of Giving go on to help our shelter sustain for months on end. And so when you give that night, what's really special is we actually have um, angel donors and local businesses who will be offering a triple match that night only. So if someone only has even $1 um, to give, these angel donors are coming in and tripling that, making it actually $4. And right now, $1, just to give you an example, is enough to feed somebody for the day. And so if we can feed not just one person, but four, uh, it's really a special opportunity to help.
2: Hospitality House uh, and Utah's place, of course, are all related to Utah Phillips, who was a part of the whole beginning of this, along with his wife, Joanna Robinson, who was part of Hospitality House for so long. We just right. think back to, to the people that got this going in the beginning, Mikhail and Maggie and, and Bruce, and now here we are in 2022, and it's become, like I say, one of my favorite nights of the year.
5: Oh, well, thank you. It's one of my favorite nights, too. It will be my, let's see, fourth night of giving, I think, or fifth night of giving. Gosh, the years are going by quick. You know, we are happy to have Joanna Robinson. will be part of the night. You know, Utah Phillips' son, Brendan Phillips, will also be one of the featured performers that night. You know, Margaret Little, she's one of our founding founders of Night of Giving as well. She'll be there at the donation table, you know, ready and eager to help you, you know, turn that $1 into 4 So we're very, very excited and and so grateful to this community who year after year have supported Night of Giving. Even when we had to be virtual, you know, people still tuned in. They still gave. And it just we have so much gratitude here for Nevada County. I mean, this community just always comes together.
2: What can people do to help Hospitality House during the year?
5: Well, one way to help is just to tell others that we exist. You know, we're so much more than just a shelter. You know, we do so much programming, outreach, case management, mental health counseling, recuperative care, letting others know that we're available, that we're a service to the community. If you can volunteer, volunteer support is needed now year-round. Uh, with the pandemic, we had our volunteer program suspended for over two years, and it's finally back open. So, if you're not able to give financially, giving with your hands and able body is so appreciated. You know, you can also going into winter. This is a freezing time. We have uh, hundreds of people who are unsheltered who will remain unsheltered. If you can donate a warm blanket, some gloves, it's very, it's just greatly appreciated.
2: So even like sleeping bags or tarps or something like that too.
5: So we are—we have a conditional use permit for, through the county, and so we're actually not able to take sleeping bags. Okay. Um, it's yeah, it's considered um, enabling um, camping, and so we try to instead of have people camp, we try to bring them into our shelter, encourage them to come into you know the winter warming shelters when they open, and come out of the woods and get get the services we need. Our outreach team has actually had a lot of success moving people directly from the forest right into permanent housing. Um, and so, yeah, with the community's help, we'll continue to do that.
2: Yeah, I think what the public sometimes misses is that the purpose of, of places like Hospitality House is not to really take care of people just for the night, but to get people on the path to getting a better life.
5: That's right. That's right. So in, in the freezing temperatures, you'll see the winter warming shelter pop up for a night or two. But we're really not focusing on the night or two. We're focusing on the long years ahead. What does that look like? So, most of the folks who come into our shelter aren't staying for a night or two. They'll, you know, on average there for a few months where they're received hands on case management, you know, um, wrap around support services, help applying for social security if they need that, help applying for driver's license if they don't have that, help with employment and um, filling out applications. I mean, things that are fairly common to you and I, but that when somebody has nothing left, they just, they need that. They need that love and support to really pick themselves up and know that they matter. And they do matter. And we're just so excited to help as many people as possible uh, move into housing.
2: We've been talking with Ashley Quadros. She's the Development Director of Hospitality House. They're putting on the Night of Giving on Thursday, December 15th at the Center for the Arts. Thanks for all the great work, Ashley, and we wish you the best of success.
5: Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you there that night.
2: All right. I'll be there emceeing uh, at least one of the bands. I know that.
5: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. I figured Maggie would put you to work.
2: All right. Thanks a lot, Ashley. Thanks,
5: Felton.
0: That's our newscast for this Friday, December 2nd. Visit us online at kvmr.org and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend.